know, this day is only a great day because of who he is, that without the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, we have absolutely nothing to look forward to. There is no hope. And by the way, it is so good to see you. It's good to see you. I miss you. I really do. I really miss seeing everybody. Your faces, your smiles, even the kolohe ones. I'm not looking at anybody in specific, but it's just good to see you. This is what the whole life of Jesus Christ is all about. It's that there is a, there's a life that we live here on this earth that will never be perfect. Never be perfect. And sometimes we try to live that perfect life or try to live a life as best as we can, but only to come up short even still. Or we have expectations on other people that this is where they should be, yet in the kingdom of God, it's all about him and who he is and his perfection and, and how he does what he does, his grace and his forgiveness, that we go from an old life to a brand new life. And even on a daily basis, it's like we got to go from an old life to a brand new life, and it's consistent in this world. But with God, we know that he has given us a way for us to live on this earth, that we go from our past to a wonderful future with him. This is what we believe. And more than what we believe, it's actually who we believe. Because we can slip into religion when we go into what we believe. But it's all about a relationship with Jesus Christ in who we believe. Because with all that he has done and all that he's about to do, this is our turning point. This is where we get to say, I'm going to live the life that you promised me. And knowing that you have forgiven me, you've given me this freedom that now I believe in what you're doing. I believe in who you said you are. I believe and trust in you that we're going to move forward together, that you have given me a brand new life to live. Out with the old, in with the new. This is who he is. So if you're here today and you're kind of like, where do I go with this? Just trust in him. He'll work it all out. Sing with us.
said you would rise again, and you did. You said you loved us unconditionally, and you do. You said we have a hope. You are the way, the truth, and the life, and you are. So we're going to continue to sing that. God, the only hope we have is in you. It's found in you. You have promises throughout Scripture. You've been faithful throughout the ages. You've never said something that you would do that you did not do. You've never done something to us that would push us further away from you. You've always done things and orchestrated things so that we draw near to you. This is the hope that we have in you. This is what you've done for us. The death and resurrection of Jesus Christ give us, gives us this hopeful future. And so today we put our trust in you every day. Wherever we are in life, we keep our eyes on you. This is our worship to you. We give to you out of a heart of worship. We trust you with our finances, our family. We trust you with our careers. We put all of these things in your hand. We pray over our tithes, our offerings, as we give to you, that you would take these gifts and use it to further your kingdom, that many people will come to know you as Lord and Savior, for you are a good God. And we thank you for the wonderful privilege of being in your presence. We pray this in Jesus' precious and holy name. And we all said together, amen, amen, amen. What a wonderful God. What a gracious God. By the way, those are the four ways to give. I know, I'm not sure if it popped up on the screen. Some people were asking, like, how do you guys do offering now? Uh, you can do it on the app. You can text to give. You can mail it in. We also have tithe boxes in the back uh, that you can do so. Because I know for many of you, you understand why we give. Uh, we, have a, we have a God who we can never outgive. So we get to still do this because of your faithfulness and trusting God with everything with who you are and the love that you have for people, which if you want to, you can greet someone if you want to before you're seated. You can tell someone good morning. You can bump fists. If your family is here with you, of course, you can hug them. You can, you know, do that too. 
But um, yeah, why don't you greet somebody, especially for those of you who are online, we welcome you also. And you can greet someone in the chat and just tell them where you're from and just let them know that you are here and happy Easter to you. Happy Easter, Pastor Ben. Happy Easter, Pastor Shonen. Woo. Oh. Happy resurrection. Happy resurrection yes. Can we say thank you to our worship team for awesome just job. bringing us into the throne room of God? Ooh. And even for those of you who are online, we get to worship together. Boy, look at these faces. Get to see the faces. I don't, I, some, uh, some people I don't recognize without their mask. <laughs> now, like, you see people, it's like, I don't know who you are. And they're like, oh, okay, that's, that's who you are. That's so, the opposite. Like, you're like, is that your eyes now that I know? Yeah. Like, Women got to wear lipstick again, you know, things like that. <laughs> I heard. That's what I heard. I'm not. That's what I heard. But uh, if this is your first time here to New Hope Church, we want to welcome you and we want to thank you for joining us for Easter. And if this is your first time back, yeah, we want to say home. welcome, welcome home. Welcome home for all of you. This is yeah. your first time back. Woo! Welcome home. And so we just want to let you know what we have available for you if this is your first time. And if maybe you forgot as you came back, what do we have again here at New Hope? Well, we have our nursery located right here, which is for babies from birth to two years old. We have our children's and youth ministries located in the building on this side. And on this side, we have our fellowship hall that has our restrooms, our kitchen where you can purchase breakfast, which today is Kalua Pig. And lomi salmon, right? Some of them already ate. I saw them. They yeah, I'm palm my I'm palm my plate already. So yeah. What? Yeah, I'm palm them. Just you can eat and sing. That's amazing. That's that's amazing. (laughs) And then we also have our well that serves smoothies and snacks, and also our resource center that has Bibles and journals and other uh, really cool resources for you in your walk with Jesus. Yeah, I like that because it helps us. Right, we we all want to do better in life with different you know different areas as a husband or father or mother. just as a believer, uh, or even like a dad, which is our Dad yeah. Academy is also coming up. Yeah, we have our Dad Academy coming up uh, Thursday, April 28th. And we also have other events happening, such as in May, we're having the National Day of Prayer. Yeah. So we have, we have a lot of things coming up. So if you haven't already, be sure to download our New Hope Church app. You'll find all the services, the notes for service, as well as all the things happening here at New Hope. Yeah, thanks, Pastor Alrighty. Ben. Happy Easter, everybody. Happy have a great Easter. one. Well, if, you, if you've been away for a while, we do have our app that we use where you can follow along. There are notes on there, and you can take that out. So I have this Band-Aid on my hand, and it's so, like, obvious. I was like, I should have worn, like, a clear one or some type of... Then I, then I thought, no, you know, I'm going to explain what this is. So there's a tiny little cut on it, real tiny. But it's, like, super sensitive. Like, the most tiniest cut is, like, the worst. I'd rather have... Not rather, but it's it's... Like the big gashes that we have on our arm that we can wrap in in like a gauze or something. It's not as bad as these guys. These guys are really irritating. And so I put some, some Neosporin on that and I grab whatever color Band-Aid. I don't need to match my outfit. I don't need to match my nails, my, you know, my eyeshadow color or whatever else needs to be matched. I just put it on and I thought, that's just like sin. It's so tiny. It's so painful. Like, we need something to help with the tiny little things that happen in life because we're not perfect, right? We need the healer. And it's like when I have that small little thing in my life that, you know how you feel that just something is not right? There's just something a little, like, you feel like, what is it in my life? There's just something that's missing or maybe an emptiness or something, and we're trying to pinpoint it. Well, today we're going to learn the greatest news ever told, the greatest news Ever told. So if you have your if you have your, your app, you can open it up and follow along with your notes. 
But when I think about the greatest news ever told, we all like great news. We, we love it when someone tells us good things. We love it when we pass an exam. We love it when we pass a test. We love it when uh, we win something. Uh, one of my grandkids came and said, Papa, guess what I won? I said, like, what? What did you win? It's, they were at a fun factory, and I, I think he won like 5,000 tickets with the crane thingy. I'm like, wow, that's 5,000 tickets. And he was so excited because he won something. It's good news for him. It's good news when you hear that the doctor's report came back and it was negative. It's good news. We love to hear good news. What is pretty interesting, though, is that there is the greatest news ever told. And sometimes we don't fully understand what that means, so we, we have a hard time getting excited about what this good news is all about. We've heard the good news of Jesus Christ. We've heard that phrase before. So what does the death, the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ do for us? Is that just a belief system so that we can get into heaven? What is the death and resurrection all about? Because if you, ask, if you were to ask someone, hey, how are you doing? Most of the times we'll say good. Sometimes we'll say, yeah, so-so. Sometimes we'll say, man, could be better. It all depends on our perspective and what is actually happening or who's asking you. But really, how are we doing on the inside? See, God has a really good plan for our lives. And the reason why his plan is the best plan is because he's the one that put us together. He's the one that created us. So as an inventor, they know how their product works the best. And so it is with the creator, our God. He knows how we work the best. So he, he put a plan together for our lives. Now, it would be great if God's plan was like GPS, that at every turn of life, every moment that he would tell us, oh, no, don't marry that one. Like if he could tell us that all the time or don't invest there, if he could do that, like, I think we would feel more secure. Like, if God spoke to me, like, every single down, every turn, then, then I would, then I would, yeah, definitely I would trust in him. But I can't hear God, so I don't know what his plan is for my life. I have no clue. I was watching a video of, I'm going to stay at a hotel in, in May, in the mainland, so we're traveling. So I wanted to see what the hotel looked like, what they have there, just so I can plan a little bit better first thing on their screen on their website is a video of what you're going to experience so the first thing that pops up is the the uh, man and woman and their children so the family they're there and the man is there with his male model body right and he looks really good and he's holding i don't know what he's holding some type of drink and and she's there lounging on the chair and and the children are playing in the black in the background all blurred out and they're having fun you can see the water splashing the camera pans down and kind of shoots up you can see the sun shining and so it feels so good cinematic and then they pan to him he's going he's lying down on the the uh, lounge chair and then they kind of tap glasses like cheers like we're having the most fantastic time of the day and so they do that and then they pan to the children they're splashing water like yeah yeah and the you know the brother and sister are splashing water against each other like <laughs> so splashing water slow motion and everything is like So they're having fun. And then, they, and then they change to, like, dinner. 
dinner time, and they have, uh, you know, evening wear. They look really good. The, the mom all made up hair. I don't know where she got that done. It was like five hours, but it just cut to that, and she looks really good, all pristine, makeup done very well, and then the, the husband comes in, pulls her chair out. He's dressed in a nice, you know, nice uh, evening attire, and then they're having dinner, and I don't know where the children are. I'm like, where are the children? And then they have their, you know, candlelight and sitting down, and they're talking stories, smiling, and uh, yeah, oh. she's holding his hand and, and they pan into the hand and it's, it's like feeling so good. And then they go to where they're going to go to sleep and then uh, they're, they're lying down and you can see them going to sleep. They're, you know, the lady's hair is real nice and flowy and the guy's face is just like, ah, oh, this is the best life ever on this nice plush pillow. And then they, you can see like the sun change or the nighttime change to the sun morning, uh, the sunrise. And then the children jump on the bed with pillows and start smacking their parents in the heads. And then they're doing that and the parents wake up. Ah, you are so funny. And they start like a little pillow fight, little pillow fight going on. And, and, and the mom wakes up and I'm like, how is she looking like that? Like, no one gets up with their hair like that, all made up, looking that perfect, except Heidi. Nobody else gets up like that. I'm like, how is that even possible? And then after that, they're going to have breakfast, and they have breakfast together, and it's like the perfect family. Perfect. And I'm thinking to myself, that is not real. That just doesn't happen. That doesn't happen. First of all, we don't look like that guy going to the pool. Have you gone to Kingsland lately? The locals at Kingsland? I know some of them. We don't, not, we don't look like that. The moment we see a guy like that, we're like, hey, put on your shirt. Put on sunblock. Yeah, thick. Where you all white, we cannot see your abs. We don't look like that anymore. Some of you do. God bless you. And then, and then breakfast and dinner, and we don't, we, we're not like that. We're not sitting down, looking at each other, gazing into each other's eyes, and, you know, oh, oh yeah, I remember. Oh, I used to also eat. This is what we're doing. That's what we're doing during dinner. And if you were ever to wake up in the morning with your children jumping on your bed, smashing you in the head with a pillow, somebody calling the cops. <laughs> it's going to happen. It's just, it's just not real. And we look at that, we watch that, and we think that's what life is supposed to be, but life is not perfect. That's the whole point to the gospel of Jesus Christ. It's the whole point of the death and resurrection of Jesus because we could not live life in perfection. But he is. He's perfect. He lives life to perfection. This is why we put our trust in him. This is why we celebrate the death and re resurrection of Jesus Christ. So I illustrate it this way, because God has an unbelievable plan for us. And yes, if God could line it out for us, it would be great. Some people say, well, if you just go to the Bible and read it, then you'll know God's plan I've been reading the Bible for a long time. There's nowhere in there that gives me, today, this is what you do, and all things will be fine. But it does tell me some promises. It may not give me specifics, but the common thread that I see throughout all of history and the Bible when it comes to God's plan is God. And, of course, us being distant from God. Because when we're distant from God, it's hard to hear him. But here's what's, this is what is so good about God. Because he's eternal and we are in time, just like our brain doesn't recognize when time goes by, right? 20 years can go by, the brain is like, that happened yesterday. That's why when we respond out of trauma, out of something that happened when we were seven years old, four years old, 
we're, we're, these are the results of what took place way back then because the brain doesn't recognize time that goes by. Our neurons are just firing from a traumatic experience. So it is with God. Time doesn't pass by with God. He's eternal. We're in time. So even if I were to be distant from God and turn back to him, that's what repentance is. Turning away from what I'm doing and turning towards God. Now, sometimes we, we have a hard time because we, we think God is going to punish us. I, I was watching this video with these two children, and you might have seen this. I wanted to show this to you because some of us, maybe we're like this with God, and we don't, we don't want to face him because we're, you know when you have that deep, heartfelt sorry that you did something wrong, and you don't want to confront God, you don't want to come before God, I think, I think this is what we may look like. This is what happened here. I'm really sorry. You ordered this on my phone? I'm really sorry. Without asking? I'm really sorry. And do you know how much this was? What happened here? I'm really sorry. You ordered An this on my phone? An 86 inch TV really they ordered. Sorry. Without asking? I'm really sorry. <laughs> And do you know how much this was? Like how there's a little... <laughs> because that's, that's a deep, heartfelt sorry. And sometimes we're like that with God. We, we're so sorry. We don't even want to face him. We turn away from him, and we don't want to look at him. And we don't want to hear that God is a loving father because we're so far from him. But the great thing about God is when we turn and when we have that repentive heart, that the closer we get to God, the closer he becomes... He comes to us. Some of us are in a relationship and we try to get close to each other and we say to each other, we got to work this out. So all we have to do is A, B, C, D. If you do this, I'll do this and we work this out, it'll be good. And it may last for a little while, but if this is all that sustains us, which is doing things correct, then we're just one mistake away from everything falling apart. Versus if we, if we head towards God as a family and we head towards God, then we'll all draw closer to each other. As a, as a, a, a couple, a married couple, a, a family, a husband and wife, when you're drawing close to God, you automatically draw closer to each other. And again, the greatest news ever told is that he's the one that carries and has taken care of our sin, our past life. Jeremiah 29, 11 tells us, for I know the plans that I have for you, says the Lord. They are plans for good and not for disaster to give you a future and a hope. That's what we need. We just want hope. Hope that things will be better. Hope that my life, my life will get better. Hope that my relationship gets stronger. Hope that I'll heal from that relationship. There's so many things that we're hopeful for that only God knows. Therefore, here's, here's what we take away today. Follow God's plan for our life. And again, it's not a step one, step two, step three, but if we continue to follow him, then we'll understand the everyday walking out with him. That's why Jesus never said, follow the religion of Christianity. What did Jesus say? Come follow me. Why? Because mankind will put together religion. And religion will tell you, this is what you need to do, A, B, C, D. This is what you need to do, and this is how you need to live. If Without that, then your, your life is over. But Jesus said, no, come follow me. You're going to experience a life with me. We're going to be on a journey together. 
Yeah, but what if I make mistakes? No, no, you will make mistakes. But that's why I died on the cross and rose from the grave. When I died on the cross and rose from the grave, I put to death sin because the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. So when Jesus went to the grave, he took sin with him. Sin has no power to rise from the grave. So sin is dead. Okay, so why do I still have this nature in me, this sinful nature? Well, because you have the freedom to choose and we're fallen creatures. But once we put our belief in God through Jesus Christ, we stand holy and without fault in his eyes. Why? Because Jesus took care of sin. God sees no sin in you and I when we give our life to Jesus Christ and surrender our life to him. That's the power of the death and resurrection of Jesus. He sees us, even though we're not perfect, he sees us as perfect. And it's hard for us to even fathom that because we see our imperfections. But he said, you're perfect in my eyes because of what Jesus has done. That's why we draw near to him. That's why we can, because of his grace. And his grace is so that I can be transformed. His grace is not so that I keep doing the same thing over and over, expecting different results in, in my sins. He's saying, why would you want to keep doing that? Just follow, follow me. Follow me. You're still going to make mistakes along the way. You're still going to sin along the way. You have the freedom to choose. And you, you have that, that sinful desire in you. But as far as sins go, I already took care of all of that. I took care of that. So you don't need to follow those ways. You can follow my ways. I love how Romans 8, 28 tells us, and we know that God causes all things to work together for good to those who love God, to those who are called according to his purpose. God has a plan for your life and my life. Everything created has a plan and purpose to it. I heard a story, and uh, it's about a rose. This one... Uh, young preacher went to a conference and there's this uh, main speaker that was there and he wanted to he wanted to give an illustration of what happens to us when we when we go through life and when we sin and, and he started off with a beautiful rose this one has some thorns so be careful and he passed it around and this this young pastor is there in the audience listening to this pastor talk about this rose and, and in this session the guy is saying you see this rose right here it's beautiful it smells great yeah it's created that way but you see in life when you when you sin and when you when you go through life you're going to make some mistakes you're going to make some decisions and uh, so I want you to pass this around so he passes it around and just, just pass it around. I want you to take a look at it. I want you to touch it, smell it, feel it. Be careful you don't get poked by it. So they're, pass, they're passing around the rose. And he continues. You know, that's, that's like us and sin. You know, we live a life of sin. And we do bad things. We do wrong things. We go into bad relationships. We make bad decisions. And it's not as hard to come before God because when we do those things, it ruins the life that God gave for us to live. And now we're broken people with pain and now we've made some mistakes that are irreversible. And now our life is filled with hurts and betrayal. You may even have some friends that will tell you 
that you're no good or maybe your parents said you're good for nothing. Maybe someone said something to you that hurt you so bad that you can never recover from that and your life is now broken and torn. Maybe you've said some things to yourself and maybe you did some, some things that, that caused you to turn away from this wonderful, almighty, perfect, heavenly Father. Maybe you're saying there's no hope left. But see, when you're in life and you're making these decisions and you're in sin and, and sin after sin after sin, then your life starts to show it. And he continues to talk about how bad we become when we sin. The young pastor is still there in the audience and wondering to himself, like, yeah, but what about God's grace? What about the death and resurrection of Jesus? What about the hope? And the man on the platform continues, some of you, you went from relationship to relationship and now your life is over. Gave yourself away. And now, now your life is, is nothing but leftover. Now you have no hope. By then, the rose has been passed around. In fact, I'll, I'll take the rose back. Yes. You can bring that rose up over here, young man. Love that lay around your neck. So he takes the rose back. It's a little bruised around the edges, and he's looking at it. It's a little wilted. So you see this rose? Yeah, this is you. You were beautiful. You looked good before, but now look at your edges. They're all brown and dark and dead, and look at the leaves. They're all wilted. It looks dehydrated. It's a little wilted. It's a little broken right here in the middle. Who in the world would want this rose after you've been passed around in life with your sin? Just then the young pastor shouts out, Jesus wants the rose. What are you talking about there, son? See, yeah, Jesus wants the rose. Really? Because it doesn't look good. Why would, why would Jesus want this rose? It's broken. It's, it's ugly. It doesn't have anything left in it. No life. He says, you're missing the point. The point is, it's not about how good the rose looks. It's the fact that he created this rose. It's beautiful because he made it. It's not beautiful because the way it looks or how perfect it is or how well this thing looks. In his eyes, it's already perfect. And if he can create that rose from nothing, he can definitely redeem it and restore it from brokenness. And of course, at that point, everybody's applauding, everybody's crying and tearing up. And this man who is trying his very best to make a point realizes that that is the point. We think we're supposed to be a certain way when all Jesus said was, come, follow me. See, trusting in God is not about looking good. Trusting in God is about knowing he's good. 
putting our life in his hands is all about his hands, not ours. We are, at best, imperfect people serving a perfect God. This is the greatest news ever told. This is the hope that you and I have in Jesus Christ. While we were yet sinners, the Bible tells us in Romans 5.8, while we were yet broken, while our edges were bruised and dead on the edges, while we were dehydrated, when life didn't look good, when we were falling apart, when we were hurt, when we are fearful, when we have without, God demonstrates his own love towards us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. He doesn't wait for us to look perfect because he is already perfect. He just waits for us to turn back to him. And he'll always welcome us with open arms as if we've never left him at all. Time doesn't pass by with God. He will pick up on the conversation that you had last with him. And he'll do it with joy. And he will fill you afresh with his spirit once again to bring you back to where he created you to be. And that's being perfect in his eyes. Maybe not in ours, but in his. Would you pray with me? Lord God, today is a day we're reminded that the reason why you died and rose from the grave is because we can't live a perfect life. The whole point of you going to the cross is to put to death that imperfection of sin. But with that, you've given us your power, your strength, your love, your grace, so that we can follow you. The greatest news ever told is that we have hope in you. It's just following you every step of the way during the good times and not so good times. You have never turned your back on us. You have never left us. Forgive us when we turn our back on you. But you welcome us as if we've never left. Lord, we pray for those right now who are maybe struggling with their turning point and making their decision on following you and surrendering their life to you. And you might be here today or online and you're, you're wondering, like, how does this affect me? And maybe God has been tugging on your heart to surrender your life to his because he has an unbelievable plan for yours. And so, Lord God, I pray for those who are sensing that right now. And if that's you, as I say this prayer and you repeat after me, you just include your heart. It's a prayer of salvation. And here's our prayer. Heavenly Father, thank you for Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross and rising from the grave to give me a future and a hope. I surrender my life to you in exchange for the life you have for me. In Jesus' name I pray. Lord, that's our prayer today. Even for many of us who believe in you, Lord, may this be a turning point for us. May we look at our life and assess it to the point of you taking over, that you have your say. You, your way is always the best way because you created us to live a certain way. And it's not about perfection. 
It's about your promises and the way you designed us. So even with our past mistakes, our current mistakes, our past sins and our future sins, you have taken care of all of that. You put that to death. So now may we rise up and trust you so that we can live the best life possible that you planned for us. We pray that you would work all things together for good to those who love you, to those who are called according to your purpose. And that's all of us. We trust in you. We thank you. We pray this in Jesus' name. And we all said together, amen.